This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 99 of the Animaniacast. People, settle. The cartoon we're scoring today is called Lights, Camera, Traction. And in this scene, I need you to arpeggiate the chords into the modulation and accelerando out of the first movement. Ah, what does that mean? It means play it like cartoon music, Ralph. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We're the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series, episode by episode. We talk about all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And of course, in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother, Nathan... Uh, hi, Joey. Uh, do you have to know if there's a recording session today? <laughs> Across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. I saw Spielberg twice in this episode. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well, today we've, we've finally gotten to it, guys. This is the final episode of Animaniacs. Bum, bum, bum. So far. So far. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten through all 99 episodes of Animaniacs. Insane. I mean, we're still going to be talking about Wacko's Wish and everything. Um, So, I mean, the conversations about Animaniacs obviously are going to continue. But we got through all 99 episodes today. Whoa. It's insane. (laughs) We'll see if we can finish the episode, I guess. Yeah. Don't celebrate yet. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll see about that. (laughs) Well, uh, Nathan, Kelly, if someone were to ask you about episode 99 of Animaniacs in just a few words, what would you tell them? Uh, Nathan, what would you say? Um, I would say this is probably the last episode of Animaniacs so far. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very good. And Kelly, what about you? Well, I I already said that Spielberg was in it. Yeah, there you go. That's all you need to know, folks. Um, (laughs) And I would say, you know, I I often don't say what I would say in a few words, but... (laughs) I would say this is a celebration of music, in my opinion. Before we get into today's discussion, however, uh, let's talk about, once again, one last time, about our contest that we have going on. And Nathan, why don't you tell us, what is our contest for? Well, Joey, we've got some pretty awesome uh, Good Feathers uh, merchandise. Uh, it's, it's, we've got Pesto Squid and Bobby. Like figurines, it's from uh, QFig. Is that what the yep. QMX? Yeah, QMX. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> and not not only is it from QMX, it's also signed by uh, the actors and uh, Tom Ruger. Even that's right, the producer. So yeah, it's you, pretty awesome. Absolutely, you get that's right. You get your uh, QMX QFig. It's signed by Maurice Lamarche, John Mariano, and Chick Venera. And, of course, creator of Animaniacs, Tom Ruger. This is really something that is, uh, you're not going to find, you're not going to find this signed thing on stores. You know, you can ask them. You can say, can I have that signed figure? 
but they're they're not going to be able to help you out with that. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone else has ever gotten all these people to sign anything together. Yeah, you know, they haven't been all together in the same room for uh, 20 years. And if you don't know what we're talking about, which I don't know why you wouldn't. We're talking about, of course, our Good Feathers reunion that we had last month. And we recorded it right in Tom's house. Uh, this was a one-of-a-kind experience for us, definitely. <laughs> and we want to you know, just celebrate that. Uh, by giving you the opportunity to get this but nathan how do they enter to win this awesome figure well uh the only way i know is to go on to itunes and leave a positive five-star review and little comment saying uh hey guys love the show love joey and nathan especially nathan he's the best and kelly's really cool too and uh keep up the good work wow. that's the comment you have to leave oh okay so <laughs> that's the if you can leave that exact comment uh, or something else. Something and you could like say that. Kelly's the best, and that's just because I am. Just so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just share a couple of recent five star reviews, and this one right here comes from M Russo seventy nine, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, this might be from Mike Russo, who, if I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is actually behind a wonderful Tumblr blog that everyone should check out because. I know we do. It's called Hello Nice Warners. And Mike has gone through each and every episode of Animaniacs and really gives some detailed notes, um, much more detailed than we could ever be, because yeah. he knows a lot more about animation style and it's specifically even like, oh, this looks like this animator doing this job <laughs> here. It's like, it's really impressive the amount of, uh, of uh, work he put into that blog. So um, if you're looking for additional Animaniacs uh, reading material, I heavily recommend his blog because it's definitely helped us out over the years in getting some information on the show. Um, And his review is very nice as well. He says, they're pondering what I'm pondering. Five stars. He says, highly recommend podcast. The hosts are incredibly passionate about the show and many episodes include a terrific variety of guests who have worked on the series. Definitely give it a listen. You won't be disappointed. Flumeal! <laughs> and the uh, most recent one right here that I see says 10 out of 10, and this is from John Add222. says, wonderful podcast and great hosts would recommend for any Animaniacs fan. So, if you want to join the many who are already in this contest, well, it's pretty easy to do. You just simply have to go to your... Well, if you have an iPhone, it's pretty darn easy. You go to your Apple Podcast app and uh, just find the Animaniacast. If you don't have an iPhone, it's a little bit more tricky. You have to go to iTunes on your computer and look us up that way and leave a review that way. So, make sure to get your reviews in by January 31st. That way we can put all of those screen names into a digital hat, a digital randomizer, and then we'll select one name at random, and we'll announce the winner on February 3rd, Sunday, February 3rd, where we have a special episode coming out next week. And Kelly, who are we going to be talking to? Tom Ruger will be back. Yay! (laughs) So we always love it when Tom's on because we get to get that real insight that you know, you don't get anywhere else, you know, when Tom's on here. Uh, so Tom's going to be talking to us about the kids' WB years of Animaniacs. And uh, if you want to 
ask him some questions too. You can just send them over to Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. Hi, Animaniacast Podcast. This is Chick Venera as Pesto the Pigeon. That's a mouthful. Why would you do that to someone? Why? Okay, that's it. I'm out of here. Let's go ahead and get into today's discussion. Episode 99. Nathan, tell us, when did this episode first premiere? All right. So this episode first premiered on Saturday, November 14th, 1998, uh, which was just a week after the release of the movie Waterboy. Um, it was a day after the release of Meet Joe Black and a week before the forgotten Pixar film uh, Bugs Life and uh, two weeks yeah. before the release of Zelda Ocarina of Time on the N64. No way. Uh, Ocarina of Time came out or, what, what at this Like time? two weeks. Yeah, it was just two weeks before. And I'm just, I love that oh. game so much. I wanted to enter. Yeah, when, to put it, you in, know, it, was, it was just I'm about like, to come out. It's, it's coming up. You know, it's going to take up, you know, many hours of my life. Well, uh, speaking of taking <laughs> up many hours of my life, you mentioned two movies right there. Waterboy and Meet Joe Black. And Kelly... Do those movies have any significance for you when it comes to Star Wars related stuff? Because I know for no. me they did. Well, I, I know what I, it is. I've never seen either movie all the way through. Well, I did. I saw Waterboy two times. And do you know why I decided to go see Waterboy two wait, times? Wait, 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 wait. No, mm-hmm. I do know. I do know. Because uh, those were the movies that the Phantom Menace trailer was attached to. Yes. Mm. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I saw Waterboy because I was like, I number one, my friends wanted to see it. And I was like, fine. And it's not that good of a movie. It's really not. It's fine, though. It's I, fine. But I saw it two times, really. I because, saw it with you once. Yeah, that was probably the second time. <laughs> and the thing I was most excited about was the Phantom Menace trailer. That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see either of those in the theater. I don't think I saw the Phantom Menace trailer until I saw the Matrix on the big screen. Oh, yeah. See, I there were people that literally walked into the Waterboy just to see the trailer and then walked out. Yeah, we see him leave. But if they stay for the whole movie, there was they show the trailer again at the end of the movie, which was really cool. I remember that. Yeah. Like, after the credits, they showed the trailer again. So, so like, like, rewarding people for hanging out with Adam Sandler for exactly. <laughs> It was totally worth it, though. It was totally worth it. I Oh, man. I mean, because this was back when you wanted to see a trailer. I mean, oh, like, it took an hour to download. Yeah, exactly. It was still 56K modems, if you were lucky. I think, mm-hmm. I think like, our parents still had 28.8K or something like that for a long time. So a 56K modem would just take hours and hours. And, of course, wasn't it lovely when you would download all the you get all the way down to the end almost and then someone would pick up the phone or something off would happen and then you'd have to start the whole darn thing over again or it'd have like all these incomplete files where i could like watch well it only downloaded half of that so i'm gonna watch that first half of the trailer like repeatedly as it downloads again ah yes the 90s you kids today you have no idea how hard it was (laughs) Now you're watching YouTubes and your things on your phones and all the things. But back in the day, let me tell you something. And now, I mean, all kids have to do is put in the DVDs of Animaniacs and watch whatever episodes they want. And back in my day, I had to record every single episode on the VCR when it aired mm-hmm. and then keep the ones that I wanted to keep. And I would usually transfer them to another tape and take out the commercials. Oh, see, and now 
And now the thing is about commercials, I like watching the commercials so much now. Like I will spend, I will go to YouTube and I'll just pull up uh, these commercial compilations where it's just like 20 minutes of commercials. And I'm like, I remember that commercial. I remember that. That Corn Pops commercial <laughs> or the Apple Jacks commercials where they're like, you just don't get it, mom. It's about, it doesn't taste like apples. We don't care. Uh, I like them. I liked Coco who swings from the trees. <laughs> the monkey. Do you remember that one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coco Krispies. Yes. <laughs> oh, they, the kids' commercials were the best ones. And then the Micro Machine commercials for Star Wars toys were awesome. Mm-hmm. I had those sets. I did too. Well, let's get out of our 90s talk and let's get right into today's episode. Let's go ahead and talk about our first major segment. And, of course, before the credits start, we got everybody's favorite segment, and especially Nathan's favorite segment. What is it, Nathan? Uh, Newsreel of the stars, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Newsreel of the stars. That's right. Newsreel of the stars. One last time. In case, for some reason, you're watching the last episode of Animaniacs, <laughs> and you're like, what am I watching? Who is this show? What is this show? Yeah, I don't think there was a person on the planet, uh, at least watching cartoons at that time, that didn't know who the Animaniacs were. But, you know, they had, they had to fill a couple minutes of time, I guess, <laughs> right? And might as well put this on there. And then, not only that, but we had... The extended uh, opening once again for Animaniacs, which I do appreciate, especially because today's episode was very musical. Um, it was nice to see that once again. So we're looking at when the show actually starts up, we're three minutes into it. So, you know, it's a way to kill, way to pat it out a little bit. <laughs> well, we start off today's and it starts off with the good feathers. Hey everybody, this is John Mariano. Let me do it. Will you, will you just let me fin- will you let me do it? Would you just let me finish? Go ahead, finish. This is John Mariano, the voice of Bobby from the Good Feathers. And you're listening to the Animaniacast. That's the way it's done over here. Bada bing. So we get into our first segment, and it's called Birds on a Wire. And Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here on Birds on a Wire? Not much. Not much indeed. It- <laughs> the good feathers are on a wire and they're watching the sun rise and uh they're talking about it and it's a beautiful day and you know everything's wonderful and then they start arguing about the direction of the wind and pesto gets mad and you know starts his usual irritability conversation <laughs> and smell that breeze coming down from the north it's incredible you mean the west what the breeze is coming out of the west what are you a bird brain the breeze is coming from the ocean yeah and the ocean is west the mountains are north no they're not the ocean is north who cares north south it's a beautiful sunrise and uh that's about it yeah, they get into a fight. It has a nice uh, blend out right there, you know, fade out with the music. How I think how it goes from uh, the the fighting music to the I'm Richard Stone. 
<laughs> uh, you know, sting at the end. Okay, that's it. Oh, guys, not at all. What's the matter with you? But yeah, uh, I think we can say without a doubt that in this case, Pesto was definitely wrong. That <laughs> the winds, if the winds are coming from the ocean, the winds are not coming from the north. They yeah. they would be coming from the west, unless, of course, the pigeons were on the east coast, right? I mean, which. I it mean, wouldn't it be says on the north either way, unless they were like in a bay or something like that. Or, I well, don't know. I mean, you keep going north, you're going to hit an ocean eventually. Maybe they were in. <laughs> maybe they were in South America, like looking up towards the United States with the ocean. There's some possibilities, right? But I, um, it seems like they have to be on the east coast because <laughs> they're looking towards the ocean, right? Yeah, and it's the sunrise. So that means the sun's rising from the east. East, yeah. So, unless yeah. they're looking at the sunset, which maybe Bobby's wrong too. <laughs> it's so hard to tell with the good feathers because now that you mention it, I mean, we usually think of them in in, in California, right? Like all these characters mm-hmm. are in the Burbank area, but then you think of West Side Pigeons, or you know, um, or. Uh, oh gosh, now I'm a pigeon on the roof or something like that. And those almost have an East Coast kind of feel to them, right? I mean, because you're in this kind of big city, it it doesn't feel like, it feels like more New York to me. Like, I I wouldn't expect a Martin Scorsese statue in Los Angeles, even though he's a famous Hollywood director. However, I, I could expect it in New York since he's had so many movies based in that area, you know? It's so funny you mentioned West Side Pigeons. Being in the east, <laughs> is it? Is it? Well, it's a good point. Yeah. Well, it's the west side of the New York. I, the... Yeah, no, I know. But when you just said that, I was like, "Hmm, that." Yeah, what's where I does mean... West Side Story take place? See, these are all the questions I have. Really, it's we, It's confusing. We will probably we will probably learn more about West Side Story than we ever ever wanted to know here in the next I don't know year or so. Yeah. Because I don't know if anyone knew this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, a certain director, <clears throat> Steven Spielberg, is doing a remake of West Side Story. I don't think I've mentioned that yet before, have I? Well, <laughs> we did. We <laughs> did. We did. We did happen to talk about it a couple times. Yes. I think uh, we, did yeah. we? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> My mistake. You know, Kelly. I think we talked about that before anybody else because of because of uh, you were talking with I think Tom Ruger. I think a uh, couple like a year or two ago, and we had mentioned like. Uh, West Side Stories or West Side Pigeons, and you said, I think I heard about Steven Spielberg wanting to make a, a remake of that, and they were all like, really? Oh, we didn't know that. And sure enough, <laughs> Kelly... Well, I, you know, yeah. I get Google alerts about Spielberg, so go figure. <laughs> well, so that was our that was our quick little Good Feathers uh, segment right there. Um, I mean, I think we said about all we need to say about that one, unless you guys have anything else to say about it. Nathan? Um. Well, I just was watching it again just now. Okay. In the background. Okay. Uh, I think the wind's coming from the south. What? Because, uh, well, at least like Pesto's pointing towards his right, which would be if they're facing east and he's saying the wind's coming from the right, then maybe, I mean, maybe it was going from north to south. I, I'm, I'm now not convinced that, uh, 
any of these pigeons know what they're talking about. Oh my gosh. Uh, what couple of bird brains. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay, well, to be continued. This is we'll have our further cons- <laughs> we'll discussions Ruger about yeah. it next week. Yeah, we're going to just spend an hour talking about the direction of the wind in uh, Bird on a Wire right now, please. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind. No, Bird's on a Wire, not Bird on a Wire. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get to our uh, main discussion then, I suppose, of today's episode, which is the scoring session. This is Randy Rogel, and you are listening to the Animaniac Cast. <laughs> And the scoring session was written by Nick Dubois, Kevin Hopps, Randy Rogel, and Tom Ruger. It was directed by Mike Milo. And Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in the scoring session? All right. Uh, well, we find ourselves in a scoring session uh, for the Animaniacs. It's for an Animaniacs episode. Um, I forget what the episode's called, but um, usually we apparently would have a Richard Stone doing it. But today we have uh, his fill-in, Nival uh, Nose Nest. Uh, he's a rhino, uh, and he is very strict. He has, like, three rules. Be on time, don't interrupt me, and be ready to start when you get here. And then, of course, the Warners are coming in late. They keep interrupting him. And... Uh, you know, Wacko's definitely not ready. He didn't even bring his uh, notes or anything. So, uh, anyways, after that, uh, they finally get started, but uh, immediately stop because Dot doesn't know if this note should be a B flat or not. Hold it! What? Yes, I have a question. On page three, bar two, measure 41, I have a B flat. Did you mean to write a B flat? Um, I have an A sharp. Yeah, I have a G flat. Definitely a, definitely a G flat. Uh, I think mine is an M. Quiet! Of course it's a B flat. See, B flat. It's supposed to be a B flat. That's what I thought. Fine. If that's what you want, a B flat it is. I guess it's supposed to be a B flat, and so they play some more, and then they uh, stop again because uh, they they have to they they have to play badly some people to make some uh, to make it sound cartoony, and then all the Warners they all want to play badly. The next part is very cartoony, so I need you to purposely play this section badly. Well, you've come to the right place. Can we play badly too? We won't let you down. I should mention that everyone in the uh, the band is is Animaniacs characters. So we have like the hip hippos, we have the we have Runt and Rita, we have Pinky and the Brain, the Mime. They're all there. Here, like, pretty much any character. I'll list, yeah. I'll go over the list real quick. This is a this is on the Wikipedia, folks. So please don't get mad at me if this is not right. But here we go. The hip hippos <laughs> on cellos. Runt uh, is a cello. Uh, Tom Levin, uh, who uh, was one of the the musical. Uh, folks on Animaniacs here, which he was playing cello, which I'm not sure if that's Tom Levin or not. It might be Steve Bernstein, because it kind of looks like him. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Ralph Ralph the Guard is the timpani and the bass drum. Good feller, Feathers, the tubular bells. Dr. Scratch and Sniff and Frau Hassenpfeffer or, uh, and Steve Bernstein. There was Steve Bernstein on the trombones. Uh, Pinky the Brain and Skippy Squirrel were trumpets. 
the mime was playing was miming a trumpet. Sid mm-hmm. the Squid, Walter Wolf, and Beanie the Brain Dead Bison were playing clarinets. Slappy Squirrel and Vina Walline were playing flutes. Chicken Boo, Rita, Katie Kaboom, uh, Julie Bernstein, Stink Bomb. Remember Stink Bomb? He's back. Um, mm-hmm. Minerva Mink, Mindy, and Hello Nurse are all playing violins. Dot Warner is playing a violin. Yakko Warner is playing the piano. And Wacko, well, of course, he has to play the drums because he's been playing them all throughout these all these episodes whenever you need a punchline, right? So there was our full list of, of people and <laughs> their characters in the uh, background, including some real humans who actually worked on the music, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so it's going, you know, as you might expect it, which is not very well. Uh, the Warners <laughs> even start uh, saying like, oh, we can help conduct. So they start conducting and they start doing, you know, different kinds of genres of music, which is a lot of fun. Um, eventually, they end up finishing the cartoon and the uh, booth, the recording booth says, great job, uh, Nival. It sounded great, Mr. Nosenest. Thank you. <laughs> it did go rather well, didn't it? Absolutely. And we're ready to record anytime you are. Uh-huh. You mean, you didn't record what we just did? No, we're just setting the levels. They're like, all right, let's try this again. And then uh, Yakko says it's a union break, and then everyone runs out. And then uh, Nival sees that the whole place is uh, destroyed, basically. All the instruments uh, are a mess and everything all over the floor. And so he goes crazy and uh, runs right through a wall, followed by the little bluebird also makes its own little hole right next to him. And... uh, I think that's the end of the cartoon, I guess. Yeah. So we have the the, the salute, I, su- I suppose, really to music of Animaniacs in this episode, which was really cool to see. I mean, I I think in this, the I got kind of a message, I suppose, you could show to kids is how important music is to a cartoon. And a lot of times it's something that, at least as a kid myself, I didn't really pay attention to now kelly i'm assuming you paid much more attention to things like music i don't know about with animaniacs or cartoons but with your love of john williams i'm I'm assuming that you paid much closer attention to this kind of stuff yes i um i've always been obsessed with um soundtracks and uh which that brings me i want to mention that right at the beginning of when the title appears there's a little snippet of music and I feel like I've heard it somewhere before, and I was trying to find it, and um, it vaguely reminds me of some music from the Young and Anna Jones Chronicles soundtracks, oh. but also Eric Korngold, like uh, the Sea Wolf or something to like that. But Young Indy used a lot of musical styles because it takes place from like 1908 to 1919 and um, had, uh, you know, a lot of different um, locations. So I'm... I. I feel like I, I I I know if I heard it, I'll be like, oh, that's it. But I, I cannot remember for the life of me where I, I heard that piece. But I feel like it's an old piece. I mean, they wouldn't they wouldn't reuse something and get you know have to pay license fees for it. I'm sure. Right. I mean, that's one thing I noticed though, with listening to a lot of the Animaniacs music though, is that you do hear those little notes of other musical things, and if you are musically inclined and you do know those titles sometimes it's a little extra added joke that richard stone would put in 
to the episodes, which I always appreciate. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of them sound like um, old, uh, you know, folk tunes and mm-hmm. things like that. But, but this little bitty piece right at the beginning of where the, the title appears, it, it sounds like something from an adventure film. All right. Well, we'll play it right now and let's see if, if you know what it is, you can send us an email animaniacast at retrozap.com and let us know what you think this might be. So we can put Kelly's mind to rest. <laughs> yes, it'll keep me up all night. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kelly, you found something really interesting, I think, about this episode uh, when we were right before getting going. And that was this article right here on Mental Floss from a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, because I was trying to find something about the music. <laughs> well, it's a, a little behind the scenes of the, the origin of Nival Nosenest, who, if you didn't know, his, his uh, once again, voiced by Michael McKeon, who, uh, well, he, he was recently on The Good Place uh, playing a kind of a a weird hermit kind of guy on that show. Uh, but he's, for me at least, known uh, on, you know, as the lead singer of Spinal Tap. Uh, and, of course, he's been in things like Laverne and Shirley and all that stuff. And he was in the Andalania episode, I believe. And I forget the bad guy's name on that, but he was the he was the, the big baddie on, uh, on uh, King Yakko. Uh, so it was nice to see him return one last time for that. But there's this thing right here. It says from uh, from Tom Ruger, and he said uh, these two cartoons are all about the music and Richard Stone. The scoring session was basically Richard having a much needed rest at Camarillo, which is a which was a mental institution here in California at the time. So he's being filled in with uh, Neville or Neville Nose Nest, and who's a rhino. And he says, here's a very obscure tidbit. Nival Nose Nest's name was created the night that my kids and I watched and then were driving home from the Spielberg cartoon, an American tale, Fifle Goes West, Nival Nose Nest. And that's where the name comes from. So I love Fifle. <laughs> now, I've never seen the sequel. <gasps> I've never seen the sequel. I saw Amer- an American tale so many times. But um, I don't know. I've never heard that many good things about Five Goes West. I remember it, loving it, but I was a kid, so. <laughs> I also loved it. Uh, I did not love it as much as the original. I, I mean, I, but I, th- I think James Horner did the scores for both films, and so that was my introduction to James Horner, and uh, and I had a laminated Five Goes West poster hanging on my closet door that i could see you know every night and when i'd wake up and go to sleep who goes across across from my bed and uh i yeah, i'm just obsessed with fievel i i <laughs> i have a lot of fond memories i saw it with my sister and um she took us to go see it as a surprise and stuff and, and i i don't think i saw fievel goes west in the theater but i was super excited that they were doing more fievel and i used to watch the saturday morning cartoon oh that's right it had the saturday morning cartoon too which was also based in the west wasn't it yeah, yeah, it was sort of a spinoff of the the sequel. Yeah, well, and I know we talked, and you, and Kelly, of course, has her stuffed Fifle still, I believe, right? You've shown us. I that. do. You, I mentioned that before. Yeah, you show. Well, I think we've uh-huh. we've you know we talk on Skype a lot, and 
<laughs> I think you showed him off a couple times. Like, here's Fievel. He he pretty much um, usually is either on my bed or like next to my bed. Again, my sister gave him to me as a birthday present in um, 1986, <laughs> and uh, so we've we've been through a lot together. But uh, yeah, he's he's my favorite plushie. He's from <laughs> the Sears. He was like the Sears exclusive. Oh, yeah. Because she worked at Sears, so she got me the Sears Fievel. <laughs> What are some highlights for you guys of some moments that you really liked and near some gags that you thought were, were cool? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. Um, they have to kill the notes that are flying around them. With and then they spray. give themselves yeah, <laughs> give, give themselves an award for doing such a good job with something <laughs> like that. Our job here is done. Congratulations! Thank you. And a special thanks to all the little quarter notes that made this possible. Uh, Kelly, any, what do you think? What are some things that you liked? I, I thought it was fun watching the little snippets go across the screen as they were recording. And, and of course, you know, it put me in mind of John Williams doing a recording session for Star Wars and any of his other films. And as the the film's playing and then they, they record the music along with the, you know, what's going up on the screen. That's right. And John Williams is apparently feeling he's recovered from his illness and now he's going to be scoring episode nine before we know it. Yeah, he was, uh, it was today or yesterday. The days are blurring together, but he attended a Hollywood walk of fame event. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So he was out and about and, uh, we are very happy, very thrilled. Could not be happier. Love John Williams. And I shared with you, uh, you and uh, Nathan, before we started recording, a picture that I found of Steve and Julie Bernstein from Animaniacs uh, with John Williams. And uh, we're going to have to get Steve and Julie on here soon so we can talk to them on not only about the music of... Can we get John Williams on too? Yeah, but why not? We'll get him on too. We'll make it... He'll <laughs> be very confused when we talk to him just about Animaniacs music. Be very... <laughs> I can talk to him about Spielberg oh, okay. all day long. <laughs> It'll be an this extended episode. <laughs> well, uh, so I just thought it was kind of in a weird way educational for kids to show how the power that a, that music has on what you're watching. Um, if you've ever seen uh, a movie uh, like a like Jaws or something like that without the composition behind it. It's completely different. The emotions behind it all is is completely different. And could you imagine watching a cartoon without, like an Animaniacs cartoon, without this, you know, continual music from Richard Stone underneath it? It would really feel empty, wouldn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially this episode. Oh, totally. This segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you imagine this episode with no music? That'd be just, man, it'd be very That'd confusing. Be bad. <laughs> Well, uh, so I, you know, I, I appreciated this. It was a little bit gross with the, his nose nest, with the bird going into his nose, which was definitely gross. I didn't <laughs> I was kind of grossed out by that right there. But uh, and the animation was, eh, it was okay. It was not the best, but it was definitely not the worst. So it was just, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to the last little part right here, and this is the Animaniacs Suite.
The Animaniac Suite is edited by Al... Oh, boy. I'm going to mess up your last name, Al. Al Brettenbach. Well, maybe I didn't mess it up. And, of course, it's composed by <laughs> Richard Stone. Uh, this is... It starts off with the, the Warners talking about... Here is a little special presentation. It's a compilation of all the first 99 episodes of Animaniacs. And it it actually doesn't stink. This is, for the most part, footage that we've seen before. Uh, but instead of Wacko saying, I'm not wearing any pants, he says, it actually doesn't stink. This music that is playing is, I mean, we've used it many, many times <laughs> over our <laughs> recording of, of this show because it's such a great composition. It's uh, It really is, just as it says in Animaniac Suite, it's a compilation of the different themes from the different uh, characters, uh, all wrapped up together beautifully, uh, just kind of covering, maybe not, obviously not all 99 episodes of Animaniacs, but definitely some of the highlights of, uh, of many of them. What, what, what did you guys like about seeing this, uh, this compilation, I suppose, of different cartoons? Uh, Kelly, what stood out for you? I like it. Uh, it reminds me of the Oscar montages. Oh, yeah. Which is like 33.3% of why I watch the Oscars. The other two reasons being Steven Spielberg and John Williams. Shocking. <laughs> um, but And then, of course, I, I liked the uh, Spielberg appearances right at the beginning and then right at, almost at the end. So, mm-hmm. um, And I, I was looking out for some of my favorite episodes. So the Spielberg one was from Hooked on a Ceiling, which is one of my all-time favorites. And uh, I like the way they sort of segmented some of the, the characters. You know, Button and Mindy. Buttons and Mindy had a segment, and Pinky and the Brain, and uh, you know, kind of spotlighting various characters. And uh, I just enjoyed it. Yeah, I like how it spotlighted you know various characters or even just emotions. You know, like they have the whole in love music part where they show Hello Nurse or. Minerva Mink, or, you know, just kissing in general. <laughs> just characters kissing, kissing, kissing each other. Even Yakko kissing Dr. Scratch and Sniff. <laughs> so, it was just a it was a nice highlight. Uh, Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I yeah, I really like the whole, everything gets its own like, sec- so you get to see a whole bunch of clips of Pinky and the Brain, like, right in a row and everything like that. I, I think I really like that about it. And then uh, it was nice music. Uh, it's great for uh, to use on the podcast, right? Yeah, absolutely. We've used it many, many times. <laughs> um, let me actually go to back to that article. And this is again, thank you, Kelly, for finding this article here from uh, Mental Floss because um, this article is really fantastic. And in, in it, Rob Paulson is quoted talking about Richard Stone. Rob Paulson says, I remember Richard Stone, God rest his soul, who called me and said, Hey, we're doing the last scoring session. They were always held at the Clint Eastwood scoring store. Excuse me. They were always held at the Clint Eastwood scoring stage over at the Warner Brothers lot, which is that same stage that Carl Stalling and Milt Franklin and all those guys used to do the original Warner Brothers cartoons. They even used the same piano that Carl Stalling used. The ghosts in that studio are amazing. For some reason, though, they had to switch to the really big scoring studio at 20th Century Fox, and Richard called me and said, Hey, just to let you know, we know the show is ending, and I'm doing this Animaniac suite. Do you want to come and see it? 
And I'm telling you what, man, I was in tears because Richard did this beautiful rendition of a medley of the Animaniacs theme with different styles, and it was just beautiful. I was in tears watching it. It was really interesting because not long after that, Richard developed pancreatic cancer and passed away far too young. I remember at his memorial service, which was held on the scoring scoring stage at Warner Brothers, we were all there singing our praises of this great man. The word genius gets thrown around a lot, but in this case, it's not hyperbole. He really was a genius and an amazing guy. It was almost as if he knew that he had to get all this stuff done because he knew he wasn't going to live that very long. Richard's untimely death really put a profound, sweet period at the end of this whole thing. We knew it would never happen again with this group. It was very sad, but very sweet, and a very appropriate way for the whole series to end. I mean, very sad kind of thing right there, but (laughs) at the same time, I mean, this episode really was a salute to Richard Stone, I think, Uh, and just the music of Animaniacs, how important it was uh, over all these 99 episodes. And it's also important to note that Richard Stone wasn't just doing music for Animaniacs, but also for Pinky and the Brain and Freakazoid, and I believe other cartoons as well, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, the genius of this man was just really profound. And, uh, and you know, Randy Rogel to this day will, you know, go on and on about how how fantastic he was. So, um, really just a salute to him and to the other musicians as well. Steve and Julie Bernstein, uh, for example, that uh, really made this show... Uh, what it was gave it that gave it that oxygen that it needs uh, to move the characters from place to place I think um, well any last thoughts guys on today's episode 99 before we get to our water tower rating um, this was aired the same day as pinking the brains finale that's true we had and Star like Wars. around it I guess I think like it I think that episode aired in the middle of this episode from what I was reading I don't know yeah, it's That's, kind of like a weird split. I don't know. It's we can't because that that finale of Pinky the Bright. We'll have to talk about that. We'll have to do an episode of that because that's uh, it has the Warner Brothers in it. Yeah, so it's Star Warner's. A lot of people consider. Crossover. Yeah, a lot of people consider that last episode of Pinky and the Brain to be more of an Animaniacs episode than a Pinky and the Brain <laughs> episode because it really does. And it has all the characters from Pinky and, or uh, Animaniacs in it. At least a lot of the major players, anyway. So. Uh, yeah. And of course, there was Wacko's Wish, which will come in 1999. Yes. So, we'll also have to do that. So it's so we're not done with the podcast yet, everyone. I'm sorry. Gosh. Oh. <laughs> I thought we were done. I thought I was going to say, Water Tower rating. Good night, everybody, forever. Bye. <laughs> Darn. Oh, well. Guess we'll have to keep making episodes. <laughs> well, Kelly, any last thoughts from you before we get to our Water Tower rating? No. All right. Well, let's just get to it then. So. Here we go. What do you think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode? Nathan, let's start with you. Mm, Well, this is the last episode, so I can't go like too low. But then again, it had newsreel the stars at the beginning. What, What do they expect? Uh, okay. I'm. You know what? I'm going to be generous. I'm going to say three water towers because you know, just get rid of that newsreel of the stars, and you could get probably more. But that's it. 
<laughs> All right. And Kelly, what about you? I I will give it three and a half. Okay. And I am I'm sure most of that a lot a lot of it has to do with because there were two Spielberg sightings. <laughs> and um those are always special to me. But uh I I don't know. I mean I it makes me sad because it's the last episode. Um but uh I thought it was a really good tribute to the series as a whole with the um you know, even the scoring session, of course, it wasn't like a behind the scenes documentary, but it gave a little insight into maybe scoring a cartoon. Um, you know, you do have the orchestra and the uh, the screen showing what's going on and matching the music to the timing of, of the events. And then, uh, like I said, I, I like the um, the final segment because it I just I love musical montages and the Oscars don't do enough anymore. Like they hardly have them at all. And it upsets me every year. And uh, because you, you can watch them and you're like, Oh, that, I remember that scene or, Oh, that's great. And, and with the, the music and the images, it, it does sort of manipulate your emotions. And uh, there was so much to see. And, and I don't know how many different episodes they pulled from for that montage, but there were, there was a lot going on in it and it, it really sort of showcased all that has gone into Animaniacs for, you know, the previous 98 episodes. And, um, there's, there's a lot to the series. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think it right before they closed out, it, it left with a very, just incredibly sweet message a special thank you to all those who have contributed to the success of Animaniacs. And I mean, it really was just like, you could tell like this whole episode was just, we're just sending this out on um, a note of just a thank you, you know, thank you Mm -hmm. for the success that this show has had over the years and, you know, just putting it on a, a positive ending on a very positive note and wrapping it up, but not like some finales where, and we wrapped it up, and the, the Warners escaped the water tower for good, and then they went off to, you know, something else, or, you know, they just no, they just kept doing what they're doing, and everything just went on, and you could have your own little head cannon of uh, what goes on. Um, I'm going to give this one three and a half stars as well, um, just because it's it's very sweet. I really did like this episode. It wasn't necessarily the best, but it it just really celebrates what's uh what's good about the show and uh that I do appreciate very much. Well, before we get to our poll results and everything like that, we should go over well, we used to call it the Catherine Page rundown <laughs> back in the day, but then they stopped doing Catherine Page uh things and they started doing gag credits. So, we have the gag credits right here from I believe we stopped at eight episode eighty five, right, Nathan? With employee of the month uh, Jane Fonda. Yeah, okay. that's what I that's my memory. That's well, what I have written down. I'm gonna run through the rest of them because okay. <laughs> in these in these kids WB years, they didn't do Catherine Page stuff that much at all. Um, they actually just did little gag credits at the end. So episode eighty six said Mr. Merger Mania was Gerald Levin. I have no idea who that is, but there he is. Episode 87 said, The Beaver, Jerry Mathers. Um, 
Do you get that, Nathan, at all? I do. It's like, I have no idea what that's talking about. Kelly? Leave it to Beaver. Leave it to Beaver. Add it. There's add the um, beaver. Yeah. Uh, eight, episode 88 said, When I dance, they call me, they call me Macarena. Um, episode 89, If you can't say something nice, we'd, lo- we'd rather not hear about it. Uh, episode 90, On the WB, big kids go first. In reality, big kids sleep in. Episode 91 said, We don't loan out, we buy out. Episode 92, Assistant to the assistant's assistant is Ouchie Magouchi. <laughs> Episode 93, Insert funny joke credit here. <laughs> uh, for the overseas, by the way, episode 93 apparently said, Today's anagram, blah, B-L-A-H. So I don't know what that would be an anagram for, but B-L-A-H. Uh, episode 94, if you fir- if at first you don't succeed, rewrite, rewrite. Episode 95, Kids WB is number one. Ha <laughs> ha, just kidding. <laughs> episode 96, our New Year's resolution, no more sarcastic comments about the brilliant WB network. Oops. <laughs> Getting a little... <laughs> Episode 95 and 96, I think, was a little, little uh, thing right there towards uh, the WB. Whatever. Here we go. Episode 97. Uh, today's moral, Scotch guard your upholstery. Episode 98. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Wacko put a little surprise in the eggnog. Gross. And, of course, episode 99 says, Just wait until episode number 100. Just wait. And wait. And wait. Aww. <laughs> so I'd be very interested talking with uh, with Tom and to see, I mean, how this show actually wrapped up and ended. Because it, it really did kind of feel, especially with those gag credits, you kind of feel a little frustration. <laughs> yeah, like how long in advance did they know that was the last episode? And- yeah. And just and just ratings wise, you can kind of see like we're number one. Just kidding, you know they. You could see that they were probably like, I I you, I mean you can't necessarily. I mean it wasn't. I don't think it was their decision to move the show from Fox to, you know, the WB. I mean the WB wanted to do this whole network thing, and uh, I mean it eventually petered out. And I guess now we have what the CW right, which is kind of like the distinct grandchild of the WB and UPN, I think, is what happened. They mer- Those two stations merged. But, yeah, because uh, Buffy used to come on UPN. Well, yeah. wasn't it that, like, the Paramount Network or yeah, something? Univer- oh, yeah, okay. it was, yeah, it said UPN, but I think it was Paramount. I, I don't know if Universal was involved with that at all, but I don't know where they got the U, but I always thought it was Paramount. But anyway... Oh, um, maybe, time. but like I remember Buffy was on one of the channels and then they moved it to the WB. Yeah, and then they both converged and did all I don't know, but it, it you know, now they got now they got superheroes, whatever. <laughs> um, so that that does it right there for episode 99 and uh I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and get to our poll results from last week. So last week or actually 2 weeks ago cuz 
course, Nathan and I had our little comics episode before that. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked uh, about the last episode of Slappy Squirrel, which was the Christmas tree. So we said, well, we got to ask people what their favorite Slappy Squirrel cartoon was. And I made sure to put in there that, you know, you, you can't say Woodstock Slappy and you can't say Bumby's mom because a lot of people like to say those. And Kelly, I, I can't imagine who <laughs> Kelly, of course, was right on there saying, Oh, how did you know I was going to say that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, the question posed was which of these Skippy and Slappy squirrel cartoons is your favorite? And the choices were starting at the bottom, which was tied tied for fourth place or third place. However you want to look at it was the Christmas tree and sunshine squirrels. Second place was Bully for Skippy. And the winner, which surprised me, was One Flew Over the Cuckoo Clock. As the, the favorite of those four uh, Slappy and Skippy cartoons. So which of those four was your favorite? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. Uh, I voted for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Clock because uh, of all the uh the backstory that i created and i think it's true and the first two acts are real and then the third act is all in skippy's mind <sighs> i hate that depressing theory of yours. <laughs> it's um, very depressing but uh i think it's true okay uh, kelly which what do you think what are those four not woodstock slappy oh which of those four that i listed is your favorite is the the one flew over the cuckoo's clock is that the one where um she's in the hospital could she yes Okay. Yeah, I I think I like that one the best of, of those. Um it was it was different. And uh it's probably Depressing. the one I remember the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a, it was also the only one that uh, I think it was the only uh, Skippy Slappy one that took the entire half hour, right? It was like kind of like the mm-hmm. uh Saturday morning. It was a after school special basically with Slappy and Skippy. <laughs> oh. Um well, I disagree with you too. Because, of course, the best one is Bully for Skippy. Because that one, I don't know. It was just funny. I just really, really liked that one. Um, I thought it was on par with, actually, a lot of the early uh, Slappy cartoons where she, except she has handcuffs on her that she cannot do what she wants to do, which is blow up the bully. But I still really enjoyed it and uh, got a kick out of it. So, yeah, there we go. Well, Nathan... Tell us, episode ninety nine. We have to have a really good poll. Yeah, I mean, this is like the penultimate, right? Or wait, that's not the right word. Uh, uh, this is the. This has to be the best poll. Yes, totally. <laughs> it has to be the best poll because we're in the last yeah, episode of Andy to Man. to encompass the entire series, and we're gonna bring it home okay. with the final. This is the big. Okay, so the best of the best. Here we go. The final uh, out of every segment which is your favorite katie kaboom segment uh so we have our round one winner which was katie kaboom we have our round two winner which was the broken date and then there's the prom which uh was one that just aired like you know last week so you know episode 98 so uh so to go over katie kaboom uh it turns out her date her boyfriend cb is actually chicken boo that's pretty funny. And uh, everyone thinks it's a giant chicken. And she gets all mad and gets really angry. And uh, she turns into a giant green monster. Or the broken date. 
her date is late and she thinks that he's not going to show up her boyfriend. I don't know. It's not chicken boo this time. No. Um, and then she turns into a monster. What? <laughs> and then uh, the prom, this is where Katie wants to go to the prom and she wants to stay out till like 3 a.m. or something. And her dad won't let her stay up that late. Um, so she turns into a giant monster. <laughs> it's great. So uh, of those three, which is your favorite? All right. Yes. So go ahead and make your voice heard by going to twitter.com slash animaniacast or simply search on Twitter for hashtag animaniacastpoll. You can make your voice heard. Tell us which of those is the best. We're finally putting it down. Of the best. The best of the best, Katie Kaboom, which we all know is the most popular character in all of Animaniacs history. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and get to some contact information. So... Kelly, where can people get in contact with you online? They can find me on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right. And Nathan, what about you? Um, you can find me on Discord, or I'm on Twitter, JangoFT, uh, that's me. I don't know what my Discord thing is, but I don't know. Just type around, you'll probably find me. Yeah, if you go to Discord.AnimaniCast.com, you can and just say, hey, Nathan. Let's see what happens. I'll hear you. I'll I'll come and find. <laughs> He'll come and find you. He will. He will find you. Uh, and of course, we mentioned the Discord, but you can also find the Animaniacast on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and you can email us Animaniacast at retrozap.com. Speaking of retrozap, I mean, hey, retrozap is the place to go for your pop culture stuff, whether it's Star Wars or Star Trek, or comic books, or comic book characters, or uh, video games, or movies. It's all over there at RetroZap.com. You can subscribe to the RetroZap podcast feed and get every single one of the RetroZap podcasts delivered straight to your device. It's awesome. It's what I do, and I love it. So, with that, let's close things up for episode 99 of Animaniacs. This is Joey, and for Nathan and Kelly, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. It actually doesn't stink!